the volume. Hey guys, it's the Sessions presented by FanDuel. It might be cold, but the sports calendar is heating up, baby, and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and so, so easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers, boosts, and more. And when you win, you're gonna get paid real fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like with the spread, money line, over, under, team totals, player props, and so much more. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same game parlay to try out the same game parlay plus. Get in on that. And... FanDuel is now live in Maryland, y'all. So use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, Renee here. What is going on, everybody? Um, we've got a pretty special episode here. We've partnered up with 23andMe. Um, I know everybody has heard about 23andMe by now. You get to just drop a little spit into a tube, send it back to the lovely people at 23andMe, and then they give you just an insane amount of information about yourself. It's honestly really cool. Um, <laughs> it's funny because like kind of leading up to it, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect or like what kind of information about myself would unfold that I would be curious about. Um, but honestly, after having done it, um, I'm pretty fascinated by the whole process. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, so Emilio and I jumped on and we discussed not all of the things uh, that I got back from my 23andMe because that would have been a lot of information. Uh, but we just kind of picked a few things to kind of shoot the breeze about because there really was some stuff in there that definitely like caught me off guard or learned some things about myself or things that just like made sense to me that I was like, oh, of course, I get it. Um, so anyways, pretty cool, really fun. Definitely give it a shot. But let's get into it. This is me and Emilio discussing my 23andMe. Okay, guys, we're here talking 23 and me. I'm Renee Paquette. I am the host of the Sessions podcast on the Volume Podcast Network. Um, you can also see me as a, uh, a, a personality, a broadcaster, an interviewer uh, at All Elite Wrestling. Um, but I am here today doing a little debrief on 23 and me. My producer extraordinaire, Emilio Sparks, is here with me while we discuss... What exactly went down when finding out about my ancestral roots while doing 23andMe? Honestly, some pretty fascinating stuff. So I feel like at this point, everyone kind of knows what 23andMe is. We've seen it. We've heard about it. We've heard different ads about it, whatever. I've now done it. I'm speaking from a firsthand experience. You get the kit to your house. You get a little vial. You spit in it, which by the way, harder than it maybe seems like it is. 
I don't know if I just run a dry mouth, but it like took me a second. Because you can't just like swish water in your mouth and spit that out. It's got to be like authentic, true spit. You definitely got to work up a lather in your mouth. You do. All of a sudden you get like dry mouth. You're like, oh gosh, what's happening? Did you have spit performance anxiety? I think I did. I think I may have. <laughs> yes, I think that's what happened. All of a sudden I was like, mm-hmm. Do I need a drink? Um, anyways, if that's the most difficult aspect of this, then so be it. But um, so you sp- fill up the spit, cap the thing, pops in the, the, the medicine, the juice, the thing that makes it all kind of be ready to ship off. And then you get your results. That's the best part is getting the results. Who am I? Where do I come from? What am I comprised of? Got my mom. I've got my dad. I know what I'm working with with those two. But it's the beyond. That's interesting. Like not only is like it interesting for me, but I have a daughter. I have a a year and a half old daughter and this is not new information to humankind, but it's pretty cool when you breed with another person and you're like, what's this kid going to turn into? Is she him? Is she me? What are we going to have? When she does come of age, she's going to want to know her genetic makeup And all the things that make you and your husband, you and your husband. And then in turn, what does that make her, you know? Yeah. And the test is is more about you, but the analytical data that you can explain to her. So when she's ready to take the test, she knows mom is this, dad is this, and here's their data to prove both. Well, it's really trippy too, because like when you're pregnant, you really start to go like down the family tree of like, what are the options? What do we have? Like John has some redheads in his family. I was like, am I going to, there's a chance I could have a redheaded baby. That could happen. Nora's not a redhead. She is like white, white, white hair. And the reasoning for that is if we look at my ancestry breakdown here, (laughs) 97% (laughs) Northern European, British and Irish. And 0.6% Scandinavian. Maybe it's that Scandinavian side that's giving her that creamy white skin and that white blonde hair. It's a nice look. So you're just almost white across the board. I am white, 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 brother. I am whole milk over here. But you're 0.4% Central Asian and 5% Eastern Asian. Who? saw that on the bingo card. I didn't see that in the bloodline. Did your mom know that you have had some Asian ancestry? I've not spoken to my mom about this, but I'm, I can nearly bet that her, their, her answer is no. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, obviously this is like lines and lines of great, 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 great grandparents. Um, but that's really interesting. Because like the British stuff, the Scandinavian even, it's I'm like, I'm, I'm British, Irish for the European for the most part. But like even that little bit of Scandinavians, like, okay, I'll take it. I like it. And do you know that I have more Neanderthal DNA than 45% of other customers? I reached out to the good folks at 23andMe and they kind of broke it down a little bit. So they said that, Everyone who's mostly Euro-Asian genetic ancestry has somewhat about 2% of that Neanderthal genome from like a distant Neanderthal. I'm like Encino Man over here, baby. You're like Brendan Fraser. You know, you're just whizzing on the juice. The juice. juice. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even like really mean to have like more Neanderthal? Like, isn't that what we all come from? 
I'm just closer to it in Bloodline than most people are. From how they broke it down for me with all the science text, the email that I got was that, so if Renee is about 400 of the DNA variants we test that are inherited from Neanderthals, most people have less than 400 variants. So we'll let you know that your percentile is on the higher side than typical 23andMe users. I feel thrilled by this. I am a salt of the earth gal. This is why. The fun part about this stuff is after you get this stuff, now you can go on a whole deep dive and do your Googles. Then you have these conversations with your mom and your dad and be like, do you know any of this stuff? And then they they tell you what that stuff is. So when your kid is of age, you can be like, you know, mom is like a special part of being a Neanderthal. Start the NFL week off right with a no sweat same game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or you already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. I'm talking game lines, totals, spreads, player props, touchdown scorers, so many to choose from. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built in for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with the promo code Renee. And if you don't already have an account, that's promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, to get free bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Okay, so we have some of those, like part of that information is laid out for us, of just like the my descent, where I'm from, etc. But you also get your health predispositions and some of the traits. Now, some of the ones that I saw from here that I really wanted to focus on and talk about that I think are really cool This one's actually wrong, I will say, but it said that I had a 65% chance of having stretch marks. So I'm actually stretch markless, and so was my mom. So when I got pregnant with Nora, I was the size of a house. I had a huge belly, and I just did not get stretch marks. Granted, I put like the lotions on, the lotions and the potions, and I worked with it the best I could, but apparently that doesn't really matter. You either get stretch marks or you don't which I had no idea, but I actually didn't get any and neither did my mom. So take that. I'm learning so much about your body right now. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) buckle up. There's more, but there's more Um, that I'm, I'm also likely to match a pitch so that I can carry a tune. This is one that I would happily check off that I think I can rock the shit out of a song. Listen, you have musical notes, and from like the breakdown of the report goes, if you hear a musical note, you can sing it back. 
So like you being able to carry a tune is knowing like like certain chords. So you might not know what a G flat is, but you can hit it. So you can match the pitch vocally. That's really interesting that like my genetics would tell you that because I think my mom can like sing all right. I'm better for sure, but. <laughs> but it's the ability to to hear somebody sing. You know, let's just say like you like Jenny Lewis. So if Jenny Lewis is singing in an octave that you're comfortable with, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I think I can match that. So, yeah, us breaking it down in a layman's term, I can carry a tune is, yeah, you could sing. But how it breaks down for this thing is, is that you hear the pitch and you know the octave. You might not be classically trained to be like, oh, that's an A sharp, but you can hit it. When I read that, I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I really have always felt like when I hear something, I can kind of like... I know. I can like feel where I know where it's got to go. It's a gift. I find it incredibly fascinating that they can figure this out through your saliva and certain biomarkers within that. <laughs> Isn't that a trip? It's, it's crazy to me that they, could, that they can do this. It's really cool. They can even whittle it right down to kind of in and around what time I wake up at. So my time predictor of like of my my rising for the day is 8:18 a.m. Now in a perfect world that would be beautiful. I have a child. So usually it's a little bit before that. Um but yeah, that's a, it's really interesting. I didn't know that we had like predispositions to um to hours of of wakefulness. I did not know this. What would yours be? Oh my gosh, you're like El Vampiro over here. I, well, you sold me on this. So now I'm going to get the test and I'm going to do all the, the necessary steps for it. I think I can easily spit into this thing. I, I don't think I'll yeah, have- don't get um, dry mouth. No, I'm good on that. I won't have uh, spit performance anxiety. Call a girl when it happens. We'll see. There's a lot going on right now in my mouth, so we'll see. <laughs> but um, I think I, I would like to know what my specific makeup would be for sleeping. Because so, I'm curious yes. about that because sleep health is a thing that I'm trying to get into and being better at. So I'm, I'm all in on the 23andMe. This is something that I found interesting. They said, Renee, your generic results is associated with a typical likelihood of being diagnosed with anxiety. An estimated 62 out of 100 people with genetic and other factors like yours have been diagnosed with their anxiety by their 20s. This is within what is considered typical, which can be anywhere from 52 to 68 out of 100 people. Did you ever get diagnosed with anxiety by your early 20s because you've mentioned on our program the the sessions you can download that stitcher spotify apple wherever you get your podcast youtube <laughs> that sometimes you do you do suffer from anxiety now which is caused by or triggered by claustrophobia so now did you have that in your in your 20s i did not have that in my 20s this was more of a 30s renee kick in um, yeah, you know, I really was not an anxious, and like day to day, I would not classify myself as an anxious person. I mean, like anybody, I think we all at one point or another might have like little bouts of anxiety. I think that's just like our human nature. But yeah, mine, mine definitely gets like kicked into high gear if, um, yeah, if it's a claustrophobic situation, an elevator, hell no. Uh, sometimes like, you know, being stuck in a car, being in a plane, like there's certain little things that can trigger it, but also kind of a genetic thing because my mom's really bad with it. I don't know when hers kicked in, 
But it's funny because I used to laugh at my mom because she was like so massively claustrophobic. My mom cannot wear a turtleneck without freaking out. It's actually quite comical. Not for her, but for anybody else around it is. Like literally one time we got in a cab and John was like, oh my God, can you handle being at the very back of this cab? We had to pull over because <laughs> she freaked out. She couldn't handle it. But anyways, I used to always find that like quite amusing. And then lo and behold, I call my mom one day. I'm like, mom, I, I got to get off this plane. I'm freaking out. She was like, ha, welcome to my world. Um, so yeah, I guess it was some kind of a predetermined situation I would find myself in. It's not fun. I want to talk about the bunions. I want to talk about the bunions, but then I also seen that, Renee, your genetic results are also associated with a typical likelihood of developing asthma. An estimated 23% of people with the genetics and other factors like yours have developed asthma by their 20s. This is based on data from female from 23 research participants of European descent. So you're in that 23, which is a typical range, they say. I feel like when I was younger, and I don't even know if this is true, but I feel like my mom had me convinced that maybe I had asthma. I had, a, I had an inhaler for a minute, but I think I was just maybe sick for a period of time. I don't think I had asthma. And kind of same, same now. I'm, I got like huge lungs on me. I'm like a silverback gorilla over here. I got big old lungs. It's because you're, you're able to just speak without taking a breath. I, my, my rib cage is huge. You have the lungs of Pavarotti. <laughs> Um, okay. So the bunion one I find really interesting because I, John makes fun of me, my husband, he makes fun of me for this all the time, but I had bunion surgery when I was about 18. So I was supposed to, I actually have bunions on both my feet, but I, according to 23andMe, I have a likelihood to not develop bunions, but I actually have them on both feet. So bad that I had surgery on one of them. They actually want to do surgery on both. And I developed them because I played so many sports growing up. So my feet were always in skates. I was doing gymnastics. I was doing dance. I was doing a bunch of different things. And my feet got jacked up. Um, so I, I extra didn't want to be out even longer than that by doing both surgeries. I really wish I did now because my one that I didn't do surgery on is calling me up on the phone. It's not good. You always make the joke about like your, your wiki feet. So does the, does the bunions? <laughs> does the bunion get you more action? Yeah. Uh, there's got to, there's got to be a market for it. People like a hard working foot. This is not a cushioned foot. This foot has uh, put in work and effort and uh, it's, it's earned its scars. That's for sure. Oh, that's funny. Um, I'm one of the people whose pee would not smell like asparagus. I didn't, I thought everyone's pee smelled like asparagus. My pee smells like asparagus the second I ingest it. Well, the, the report is your ability to smell versus the pee itself smelling. Oh, oh, I got a nose like a bloodhound. I smell everything. The ability to smell asparagus in urine is your ability because of your nose, not because your tinkle smells like a vegetable. Can I tell you this? Last night, I go to bed ahead of John. I'm falling asleep. I'm like, something stinks in our room. What is happening? He, he makes fun of me all the time. He's always like, this stinks. This stinks. This smells. Like, he makes fun of me because I'm constantly saying things stink. So I text him because I'm up in bed and I didn't want to, like, walk over the exit. I'm like, can you come upstairs for a minute? Yeah. He comes, like, sauntering upstairs. I go, your shoes are in this bedroom and they just woke me up because I can smell them. Like, my <laughs> nose smells everything. You cannot sneak something past these nostrils. I smell it all. All of it. 
which is troublesome considering I have a bulldog who just like drops bombs all day long. See, so it's your ability to smell, which is cool. So you can you can really flush out some some interesting stuff. I feel like my sense of smell is like my super lame, like X-Men trait. That's what I would be. I'd be the superhero that smells everything. Like I, I, I could be like a, a carbon monoxide detector or something. I smell everything. Since you mentioned being an athlete, I'm looking at muscle composition on your 23andMe. And it says, Renee, your genetic muscle composition is common in elite power athletes. It is true. We, I mean, we have so many different athletes on the sessions, which you can listen to all the places that Emilio rattled off earlier. We've got all these different athletes on all the time. And it's funny because I'm currently not an athlete. I am a broadcaster. I work in the sports space, however. So when I hearken back to like the good old days of when I was kicking ass and taking names and, you know, whether I was running track and field, playing ringette, I was doing high jump, I was doing gym, I did everything. I was pretty good at it. I guess I was like kind of cut out for it. And I build muscle really fast. Studies have found that almost all elite power athletes, including sprinters, throwers, and jumpers, have a specific genetic variant in gene related to muscle composition. You have the same genetic variant as these elite athletes. That's me. I told you I was not playing. I can jump very high and I can run very fast about your athletic endurance and says with most elite power athletes who have been studied have this genetic variant that allows them to produce, I can't even pronounce that word 23andMe, but it's a protein <laughs> in the muscle. That, <laughs> so, so pretty much like you are, you are a, a above average because of this like specific That's protein. so cool. Differences in genetic markers used in this report may only explain about two or three percent of the difference in muscle performance between different people in elite athletes who work intensely to reach upper limits of their potential. That two or three percent may mean something different, whether it's qualifying for the Olympics and you're just missing the cut. But for the rest of us, the choices that we make and how we train will far outweigh our contribution than our genetic marker as a result. It's really interesting. Uh, I mentioned my daughter, Nora, at the very beginning of this and as she's coming into her own, she's walking, she's starting to pick up the speed, she's developed a little power shuffle. She is hauling ass, this kid. But I look at her and I'm like, is she going to have that same kind of like athleticism that I have? And what sport is she going to gravitate towards? Like, I can't wait to see what she does with this little bod when now I've combined with another, I'm, I'm not a super uh, human, but John is kind of a superhuman. My husband is a professional wrestler. What is our child going to be? Well, you're also downplaying professional wrestler. He is a multi-time world heavyweight champion in the world of professional wrestling. And he's also as big as a house. <laughs> your, your husband is very, he's in very good shape. He has a background in catch wrestling and jujitsu. So he's a very, very strong man as well. And what we have to do now is we have to get John to spit into a cup so we can see his results. And then maybe we do something later on on our program, the sessions, you can download that wherever you get podcasts and see what the results were. And then we can combine those things. And then when Nora is ready to play a sport, now you know, like, hey, maybe the kid can get a little something from column A and column B. Maybe she could be a relay race runner or a high jumper or a pole vaulter like Alicia Newman. Big shout outs to Alicia Newman. You could download that episode right now. Um, so this is what I found interesting because you are a dog person. 
Oh, yeah. Renee, your genetic result is associated with a typical likelihood of developing a dog allergy. An estimated 6% of people with your genetics and other factors like yours have developed a dog allergy by their 40s. No! This is based on data from females from 23 research with participants of European descent. So right now you are in the- I didn't know it could kick in that oh, late. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you're in the 6th percentile, which is the typical range right now. And this is an estimate currently based on the data that has been updated at this time. Oh my goodness. That's really sad news. I mean, it's, I, you know, both of my dogs shed a ton, but hey, if I've gotten to my forties, oh God, I'm actually getting kind of close. So let's see what happens. Buckle up. That would suck. It even talks about nearsightedness. There's seasonal allergies. There's lactose intolerant tests. What is your favorite fact that you learned while skimming through my results that you're like, wow, that's interesting. I think it would probably have to be that you are 5% Korean. I think that is <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that is incredible because if you were to Google Renee Paquette, she is as white as snow. To see that, I think that's incredibly cool because now there's this entire history to be learned about a culture that now you are a part of. And to learn that is fascinating to me. So would that mean that I would have like potentially like a Korean great, 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 great grandfather or grandmother or something? Possibly, yes. I think it's interesting to to now to go back and learn where you come from, who you are, and what that is. Let's see. So um, it's called the Hallow Group. This is, shares DNA with Viking warriors as well. Basically, don't mess with me. I'm Neanderthal, Viking. I've got this athletic gene that will kick your ass. I've got it all. You get this from your mom. Fathers cannot pass this DNA to their offsprings. The Viking I get from my mom? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, how crazy is that? I actually buy that. My mom's pretty fiery. I could see her doing well in a Viking situation. She's small, but she's mighty. You have Viking warrior ancestry. So it's like you have a small piece of mitochondrial DNA that was passed down from mothers to their children. So your great, 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 great grandnanny might have been this badass Viking warrior babe. Hell yes, she was. Oh my God, I can like picture her, this blonde hair just blowing in the wind, just taking hose out. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Is not our podcast. We're guests. We're good. Um, but the cool part is now you have all this research, right? You can go back and you can always check your 23andMe portal. And if there is something that you want to investigate, and deep dive into. And you find other family members on there. We know that part, but that was really cool when I kind of gave a little brief glance and I was like, oh my God, these cousins that are like really close in like bloodlines. It's cool. I advise anybody to go and take a 23andMe test It's fun. It is fun. If nothing else, it's just like fun. Like, yeah, it's cool to like, if you want to connect with family members and you want to find people that you're related to, of course, that prospect is out there and that's really cool. Uh, but just knowing who you are, where you come from, what all is living in your body and how it got there and, you know, medically things that you could be predispositioned towards. So really, really cool stuff. I highly recommend it. I'm really happy that I did it. And um, there's just so much information there. So I'm just going to continue to sift through it, learn more about myself, try to convince my husband to do one um, so that we can kind of compare notes and see what we're really working with. Uh, but yeah, really a great time. Highly suggest it. 
Thank you guys for hanging out with me and Emilio, learning a little bit more about uh, about my body and what what uh, what I bring to the table as a human being. So thank you, Spit. Thank you, Twenty Three and Me. Neanderthal out. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and learning about me. Did you guys learn anything interesting about me? What was your big takeaway? I would actually love to know that. Um, and thank you to 23 and me for, uh, for partnering with us to do this episode and um, yeah, for, for teaching me about me. Appreciate ya. Um, all right, guys, this has been uh, a special episode of the sessions paired up with 23 and me and spit. Bye bye.